The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Moreno. I hope you had a nice weekend. Well, locally, nationally, and to some extent internationally, one of the big stories that we keep hearing about is all the migrants that are coming here to New York City. Eric Adams is not at all happy with this. He is threatening to go to Texas and campaign against the governor there, Greg Abbott. Now, if you're the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, that's got to be the best political endorsement you could ever hope for. I think even Governor David Patterson Sunday, the Cats Roundtable, said something similar. But a couple of things here. One, it's absolutely absurd for Eric Adams to claim it's the 89 or 100 or 200 migrants that are coming here from Texas that are overwhelming New York's shelter system. What it looks to me like is that our shelter system was already a mess and Adams is using these migrants as a scapegoat to blame for why New Yorkers aren't getting adequate services. Now, that leads me to the other thing that uh, bothers me about this story. Apparently, there are homeless New Yorkers who are complaining that the folks that are coming here... Now, who knows how much of this is real and how much of this is New York Post hype, but homeless New Yorkers have been complaining that the migrants that are coming here from Texas and elsewhere are getting better treatment than they are at the Bellevue Men's Shelter. They actually quote in the New York Post on Sunday, Navy veteran Ronald Francois. First of all, can we start with that? How much of a travesty is that, that we still have this many homeless veterans on the streets of our city? Ronald Francois, 55 years old, fumed. Let me tell you, they're getting everything real quick. I recognize that New York City has this shelter provision where we have to take care of everybody that comes here and asks for shelter. Okay, I recognize that New York City has a sanctuary city policy. Okay, if there's a finite number of resources in homeless shelters, if there's a finite number of beds at the Bellevue Men's Shelter, if there's a finite anything and we have to ration who gets what, 100% absolutely, without a doubt, the folks that should get preferential treatment are our own homeless, New York's own homeless, before we deal with people coming here from other municipalities, other states, and certainly other countries. So I am going to be writing a letter this week to the mayor and the social services commissioner advocating that New York's homeless get what I'll call most favored nation status. That if there's a finite number of beds, a finite number of resources, those resources ought to go first to our own homeless before homeless that aren't even in the country legally. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Of all the appointments that uh, Mayor Adams has made, one of the much better appointments than his predecessor made has been, in my view, the city schools chancellor, David Banks. This is a guy that seems to me pretty serious about education. He seems pretty honest. He seems pretty forward thinking. And yet I have to give Chancellor Banks credit for admitting that he was pretty clueless about a pretty important aspect of education in this city. You know they have these lotteries, this new lottery admission system in which 
incoming high school freshmen try to get into the schools that they want to go to. And David Banks was asked about this at a forum with parents the other day. It was mentioned to him that this new lottery system, which minimizes the importance of good grades, led to more than 5,200 incoming freshmen failing to land any of their high school choices. And he said, whoa, Hold on, wait a second. This was at the Chancellor's Parent Advisory Council. This was after he was informed that a school district representing much of Manhattan's east side saw 18% of its students applying for high school seats fail to land any of their top 12 choices. Think about that. 18% of students couldn't even get into the top 12 high schools that they wanted to go to. And so David Banks, again, this is the top education official in the city. Those percentages you gave me, you're saying it's for kids who didn't get into any of their 12 choices? He was incredulous. And so then he was pushed to answer some of these parents' questions, and they asked Banks what he plans to do to ensure that the same thing doesn't happen next year. And Banks seemed genuinely surprised, and I don't think he was lying, and he asked out loud again, out of all 12 choices, they didn't get any of them? And then he said he would meet with his staff to get more information, quote, because that has not been brought to my attention just yet. However, the data that was presented to him was actually widely released last month by the Department of Education. He's in charge of the Department of Education. I think we have to wonder, and again, I like Chancellor Banks. I think he's doing the best job that he can. But you have to wonder if there's a little bit of a a disconnect here between what the agency is doing, the Department of Education, and what they're sharing with the Chancellor. I mean, doesn't that frighten you that parents groups and media and the public knows about pretty significant statistics and the chancellor doesn't? And why doesn't the chancellor know? I think it might be time for a little bit of a shakeup at the DOE. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Remember Congressman Jim Traficant? He was one of my favorite congressmen. Now, I know that there's a good chance the guy was probably corrupt, but I love the guy when he was in Congress. I love that he ran for re-election from his jail cell. I love the spirited interviews that he did with me after leaving Congress. He was just, I mean, he was tailor-made for talk radio and for Mahoning Valley, Ohio. I mean, this guy was incredible. And you know who his uh, his uh, successor was in Congress? Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan, who's actually running for U.S. Senate in Ohio. He worked for Trafficant. Then they had a falling out. And then Tim Ryan actually beat Trafficant. And Trafficant got 15% of the vote running from his jail cell back uh, 20 years ago. It's hard to believe. It feels like yesterday. But Trafficant became known for these terrific speeches on the floor of the U.S. House, where we would speak for one minute and say something like this. Mr. Speaker, politics have always been known for gas, but a St. Louis alderman had to make an important decision. In the midst of a heated debate, she had to urinate. Now, if that's not enough to threaten a filibuster, the member said, and I quote, rather than leave the chamber, my staff surrounded me with blankets. And ladies and gentlemen, the rest is history. The woman did void. Unbelievable. What's next? Chamber porta potties? How about window urinals? Beam me up. I yield back the fact that when taxpayers say politics stink, they're not talking about the Roto Rooter man. <laughs> 
one-of-a-kind gym trafficking. Now, the reason I'm playing that is because a lot of times when I finish these commentaries, and by the way, if you want to hear the podcast of all these commentaries, you have to subscribe to the podcast Frank Morano Interviews and More. Get it at WABCRadio.com or just search Frank Morano Interviews and More on any podcast app. Before I say to be continued, a lot of times I'm kind of looking for a way to finish my thought, and it, sometimes it means there's an abrupt end. And a lot of times I'll end up just saying, that's my two cents. I'm wondering, now that Jim Trafficking is no longer with us, and he took that from Star Trek, obviously, even though Captain Kirk never said the words beam me up, but I'm wondering if maybe is a little bit of a tribute to Jim Trafficking and to Star Trek, since we are sort of space-themed on this show. Maybe I should end these commentaries with beam me up before I say to be continued. What do you think? Email me, frank.moreno at wabcradio.com. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. I begin this hour by asking two questions. One is sort of silly. One is very serious. The first question is, how many mugs can I possibly break? You know what I just did? You know what I just did? I have this Other Side of Midnight mug, which I purchased myself from WABCRadioStore.com, and you could buy them on there as well. Uh, and I think if you use the discount code FRANK15, you get a 15% discount. It's cool. It's got a little alley on it, on it and everything. I was in such a rush as I was trying to uh, pour myself some coffee just now. I broke it. I shattered it. It's irreplaceable. Now, luckily, I keep a backup mug here. It doesn't have the alien on it, but it just says 77 WABC Frank Moreno, so I'm now resorting to using that. Here's the second question. How many cronies can Eric Adams hire without regard to the public perception of how the conflict of interest looks. Now, we've already seen Eric Adams attempt to give a very high-profile job, very well-paying job as well, to his brother. Now, Mayor Adams has made another addition to his posse by hiring a casino gaming executive and close friend from his days with the NYPD as a taxpayer-funded advisor on public safety in the business community. Timothy Pearson, he collects at least three regular paychecks, two of them taxpayer-funded. He has a six-figure pension as a retired NYPD inspector, plus his new city hall salary. And until yesterday, he was getting paid by Resorts World. Now, why is that problematic? Now, even if he's not officially working on casino issues, it is a bad look because Pearson works at the Economic Development Corporation, a city-controlled nonprofit exempt from city rules. The reason this is problematic is because Resorts World is trying to build a casino in New York City. And yet, Eric Adams hires one of their top executives on the taxpayer dime. This is crazy. Now, after this outcry, yesterday Resorts World came out and said they were forcing Timothy Pearson out. So apparently a gambling company has a greater sense of perceived conflict of interest than the mayor does. Beam me up to be continued. I 
love my Italian heritage and the food that goes along with it. That's why on Sundays after church, I head over with my father to Italo's Fine Foods on Forest Avenue in Staten Island with our list from Mom. They have two locations on Forest Avenue, 1566 and the new one at 725. It's family-owned and serving Italian specialties since 2014. They also have a full catering menu, the freshest meats, imported San Martino tomatoes from Italy, and the best mozzarella. Order in-store, by phone, or online. They even deliver. ItaloFineFoods.com, I-T-A-L-O, FineFoods.com. Tell them Vinny Madugno and WABC sent you. Manja.